and welcome back to another episode of De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football. This is episode 13. Uh, joining me on the podcast today, as always, is Lewis. Lewis, how you doing? Yeah, good Stefan, mate. So I am I'm doing great, mate. Uh, <laughs> certainly not hungover at all. Uh, also on the podcast, we have Declan. Declan, how you doing, mate? I'm good. Good stuff. And also we have uh, student journalist Kieran. Kieran, how you doing? I'm good, mate. Better than you, for the same things. Aye, I think everybody's going to be better than me today because when <laughs> finished and this is edited, I'm going back to my bed. Um, right, well, here we are again to recap all the weekend's action across the Scottish Premiership. The first game that we're going to look at, which is Hamilton versus St Mirren. Was it a penalty for St Mirren, um, Kieran? Yeah, I think every day of the week, I think it's a stonewaller, to be honest. Um, I know there's a wee bit of debate about that, that Dermis had sort of shot as the tackle came in, but I think if you look at it in the replay, as it's happening, I think I think it's Martin and Hodgson are both sort of clattering into him at the same time. Mm. Um, and I, I, think, I think the referee got that one right. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think... Kieran makes a good point about in terms of the shots away. I don't think it matters. Like it's a sort of reckless tackle. You don't need to slide in like that. I know he's trying to block it, but at the end of the day, he has caught him. So you're you're paying the price for diving in like that and, and fouling them. So for me, it was a penalty. Yeah. Declan. Yeah, I'd agree with everything that both of them have said. Um, I think obviously stupidity's costing them, and that is a pen. Okay. Um, St. Mirren were looking good. I I think I, I believe I tipped them to get top six I, I think I tipped them to beat Hamilton um, I'm really turning into Hugh Keevans here with my prediction it was absolutely awry um, you know they, they, they only missed out on uh, top six due to goal difference what a heartbreaking way to do it um, but has would you still class St Mirren's season a success um, Declan I would say so, yeah. And just to add on, like missing it in top six, top six. I think um they'll be, it'll be so frustrating for them because I think they have performed well this season. Uh, Goodwin's come in, he's installed a kind of mentality with them that <clears throat> to to work hard and grind out results. He's got a young squad put together, so maybe maybe that kind of inexperience that they might have in the kind of fight to finish in the top six is is cost them a wee bit, but. I think that um, overall they've still had a good season and they've they've obviously picked up some important wins. They've knocked Rangers at the top. They've beat us at Parkhead. That's results they'll look back on for years to come. And um, I also think that on on the flip side of that, like, it's kind of been like their issues of scoring goals has been glaring all season. I think they've always they've never really won big, but they've always kind of grinded out a win or. And, and just got over the line and I think their lack of their lack of goals is like it's obviously ultimately cost them. But um yeah, I still think it was it, it was a good season for them. Um Kieran? Yeah, I would I would say I would say it's been a good season for them, yeah. Um I think they'd be really frustrated, like Declan said, about how how it's went for them, especially in the past sort of month or so. Um since since they beat Celtic at Celtic Park, I think they've only won twice in the league. Um and obviously they went in a really good run at the end of the year. Um at the end of the twenty twenty and they were looking really good to look to stick on to be honest to finish in the top six. I think that 
just in the way that things have went in the past month and a half, it, it's kind of, I don't know if they've maybe peaked too early, but some of the results, if you if you sort of look back, I think they'll be frustrated with some of the draws that they've got because it's only on goal difference. And if one of the draws was a win, then they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't have to worry about it. So I think I think Jim Goodwin will definitely be pretty frustrated at the way things have went for them. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, you could see the frustration on his face after the game. I think it's been a, a season of almost, you know, missing out the top six lap and semi-final of the, the League Cup. So, but if you look back, I think it has been a good season overall with sort of some of the results they get, as both guys touched on. So, it'll be about sort of taking these experiences and trying to bounce back, you know. If Jim Goodwin can, I think he will stay on, but it'd be interesting to see how he does next year if they can bounce back for this and take the take the positives. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with that, to be honest. Um, see if we look then at Hamilton. Do you... Uh, it was a well-earned point for them, but do, do you think that there's a chance that they can stay up or is it looking like they're going to go down, um, Lewis? I mean, at this stage, they're obviously sitting bottom, but the bottom three is so tight down there. It's ridiculous. I think it'll be an exciting sort of race to see who does finish bottom. The bottom six is probably the most exciting bit at the minute because it sort of looks as though most places are secured other than those three. So it'll be interesting to see, and obviously the split provides that they'll all play each other once. It'll be really intriguing to see who can get the better who and what sort of happens week in, week out. So it really could be any of the three teams. I don't think you pick a prediction right now as to who will go down because we all know Hamilton and what they like. They seem to scrape this every single year. Hamilton seem to be, and no disrespect to Hamilton, say this purely tongue-in-cheek, but they seem to be that cockroach of Scottish football. <laughs> that when there's a nuclear blast and you know, it looks like everything could go bad for them, they still seem to survive it. Um, I don't think anybody would be putting money on Hamilton to go down because they seem to just pull it off at the very last second every time, even though I, I, I already have tipped them to go down. Um, Declan, what about yourself? Um, as you said, like it's, you wouldn't want to put your money on them going down because they've, like how many years have they been wrote off and they've, they've managed to stay up? Which, like I think that's credit to Brian Rice. No, he, no, he's had it tough. Uh, at parts of the season, especially when they got hammered off Rangers, but it's, it's like he's, he's, in, he's also instilled a mentality to, to never give up, and I think that was shown at the weekend as well with a late goal. They just keep plugging away, and they're quite a physical team at times, and got the ball into the box, and they got like probably a deserving draw to be honest. But um, in terms of them going down again, it's as Lewis said, but that bottom three like they couldn't really pick one to go down and out, but. As much as the St Mirren and kind of St Johnston battle came down to goal difference, you never know with with the bottom three as well. And Hamilton have conceded sixty goals this season, and they've they've scored thirty one. Where like the two kind of above them have not conceded. Well, I think Ross County have just conceded actually like one less, but Kilmarnock looked like they're okay in terms of that front. But I don't. Like, it's hard to tell. I think that. Um, Especially after Kilmarnock's win, which will come on and that might give them confidence, but I just don't want to let you have it off. Keith? Um, I'm, I'm going to sort of stick my neck out a wee bit and say that I think Hamilton will go down. I think that... You know, the year. <laughs> I think that um, they just 
they're just drawing too many games, to be honest. I think Ross County, I mean, obviously, Kilmarnock haven't really been winning. I think that was their first one in 10 or 11 uh, against Motherwell, which will uh, come on, of course. But I just, they're, they're just not getting the wins. And I think as a Hamilton fan, you've got to be concerned. They've only won six games this season. And of course, that could all change in the split. But just for me, they just, I don't know, they just, they're yet to show that sort of drive and you know, the, the one that they show every year, they manage to stay up, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I just think that Ross County and Kilmarnock maybe have just a wee bit more about them this season. Okay. Um, I, I think, Declan, you touched on it. Um, you know, Hamilton have conceded 60 goals this season. I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I've, I've never like sort of heard of a, a team conceding that many goals and, and staying up. I think Ross County, they've conceded why well, one less, 59 goals. It, it, it's sort of strange that when you concede that many goals, it, ult- it ultimately like, poses the question, do, do they deserve to stay up? When you look at their wins alone, no, they seem to scrape draws, but I, I don't think draws are going to be enough to, to keep them up. Um, We'll come on to it in a moment, but that, that win for Kilmarnock at the weekend really could be a catapult for them to drive them right out of the, well, at least the, the danger zone. I don't know if they'll look up to catch Motherwell, um, but it'll, it'll certainly give them a boost. Um, so I, I don't want to, I think I already have said in previous episodes that Hamilton will go down, but it's, it's genuinely that tight where you're like, you don't know. Um, it's going to make a really interesting end to the season, though, which is a, a good thing for us. Um, right, let's let's move on. Speaking about Colmarnock, let's move on to that game. Um, they were facing Motherwell. What did you guys think of the game, um, Lewis? Yeah, it was exactly not the game you expected for Colmarnock in the last few weeks. They've not been scoring many goals. I think what must be said is the impact that Kyle Lafferty's had on them is massive and he could, he could prove to be crucial in terms of staying up even just for this this sort of win you can see the impact he's having on the game but it, was, it looked like an inter- sort of interesting game that was obviously full of action and goals and Motherwell I think they're just clear of it but you can see sort of these games again are going to be interesting around the, the sort of bottom six to see who, who's taking points off one another so it'll be good to see these games in the coming weeks uh, Keenan? Yeah, it was a bit of an unexpected result, to be honest. Um, I, I thought every goal in this game was really weird. Um, I thought that Motherwell's defending was really terrible, to be honest, for most of it. I think Graham Alexander would have been pretty annoyed about that. But from a from a commandment point of view, I think it's a massive win for them. I think it was, it's a win that they need. Um, and obviously, getting into the split, it'll be interesting to see if they can carry it on. But like like Lewis said, I think having somebody like Kyle Lafferty there with his experience and you know, what he brings to the team, I think they've really been missing somebody like that. That's what I we've got a clinical edge, somebody that knows how to get your goals. Because obviously, you know, Tommy Wright knows how to set up a team to defend well and to to not concede as many goals as maybe other people around them, like Hamilton and Ross County. But at the end of the day, if they're not if they're not getting the goals, then they're going to be in trouble. So I think. They'll be glad to have Lafferty in and around um, for that sort of reason. So, yeah, good good win for Kilmarnock. Uh, Declan? Yeah, I think it was a game between 
two massive underachievers this season, especially Malo coming from the highs of last season and playing in Europe to to obviously down in the bottom six now. But I think that's kind of it's, I feel as if that happens with Malo quite a lot. They have a good season, then the next season they kind of don't do as good. And they're like I think obviously Stephen Robson was a like just a victim of his own success, really. Just like somehow like well last season. But I think that um, yeah, as they both boys said, Kilmarnock winning four one, don't think anyone would have put money on that. And I think that now that could obviously be a catalyst for them to stay up because surely a four one win will build confidence. I think they've got a decent bit of quality within their team to still remain in the top flight. Uh, obviously Kyle Lafferty, I think like for teams that are fighting to get a signing like that, uh, for that level is like I think that's massive and obviously from watching yesterday's game he kind of is pivotal in what they're doing he, he's always involved for, he's obviously big he's thrown himself about got himself a couple of goals and obviously the, the quality he has in and around the box could be crucial for him and staying up What did you make of Liam Kelly's performance um, Lewis? Um, I, I thought he was at fault for both the first and the second goals but um, what do you think? I think we were speaking about him last week as well for the for the Scotland squad and this is what happened. But uh nah, I think he, he's bailed them out a few times already. So although it's a massive mistake, especially the first one, you know, he really should do better in terms of either catch it or pam it away at the least. But I think it would be sort of harsh to put so much blame on him in terms of Mother as a whole because they have he has saved them a few times, you know. So maybe a wee bit of slack in his part. For how well he has played since he's coming, uh, Keaton. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think he started pretty well, to be honest, at Motherwell. But I mean, what is he doing for that first goal? <laughs> like, I know that I know Kyle Lafferty gets a sort of turn, and he's maybe not expecting it. I look back at it, and he sort of doesn't even dive until the last minute. So I don't know if he maybe seen it late or it just sort of caught him off guard. But I mean, you would expect a goalkeeper to to catch that sort of shot, never mind just let it go in the way it did. So I no, I think it's it's I'd be a bit unfair to start criticizing him too heavily, but I think he definitely let Motherwell down <coughs> at the weekend there. So I think Alexander will be pretty disappointed in that respect. Uh Declan? I I think I was I was actually finding it funny when I seen it because we were talking about him last week getting in the squad and then he went and done that. But uh I think obviously he is still a top keeper. Like we've all seen it, like especially when he was at Livingston. And like, I just think like it's. It, I don't think a lot of players from Livingston like would get big moves. Like not necessarily massive moves down south, but he got a move to QPR. And I think that that shows that he obviously ha- has a bit of quality. And obviously, what I was talking about getting the Scotland team. But uh, yeah, I, I think he he will be disappointed in himself. But it's everyone has a bad game, so I think. Um, He'll probably just move on, and he'll he'll be back to his best again next week, or day after international break even. Okay, um, we, I think we spoke about the defending ultimately cost Motherwell um the game on on Saturday, but Kelly obviously with a well deserved win. We spoke about it briefly. Um, you know a great a great win for them. Um. Uh, you know, we've mentioned that it could catapult them out of the danger zone. So let let's move on to the the other game that sort of had top six, but also had a significant sort of impact on the bottom 
half of the table, the relegation zone. Um, St Johnston versus Ross County. What did you think of the game, Lewis? Yeah, look, St Johnston, they've deserved to win. I think even John Hughes admitted that after the game, you know, if Ross County had taken them from that game, that they would they would be happy because they didn't play all that well. And I think I, I've seen a few county fans on sort of social media saying it was probably one of their worst performances under under Hughes so far. So it was a deserved win for St Johnston. I thought it was a, a good goal from Middleton, a great turn, and he, he's finished really well. And, of course, they've sort of battled away over the last few weeks on good form, you know, winning the cup as well and now they find themselves in the top six and I think obviously Jim Gooden was receiving a lot of praise but probably Callum Davidson deserves it now, you know, the way he's won he's won a cup and made the top six. He's done extremely well so far. Uh Keaton? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um I think for this game I thought St Johnston uh, well by far the better team thought they dominated the game to be honest. But Ross County were really poor like um like John Hughes obviously came out and said, I think that's a pretty worrying performance for them. But from a St Johnston point of view, I think they were sort of... Every, I'm, I've not watched a lot of them this season, but every time I've seen them, they look really well organised. They always look as if they know what they're doing. And I mean, that's more than what can be said is than a few other teams around them. So I think they'll certainly be encouraged. Um, I think that Glenn Middleton made a really big difference once he was on. I think, I think that's his only his first goal. Um, his fifth appearance as well for St Johnston. So I thought he actually looked really lively when he came on. Um, he missed he missed one of the chances as well, which uh, I think Callum Davidson said was he's at the score than his actual goal. So yeah, I think that shows you how how well he took his finish. Um, so I think he'll be delighted with that, and obviously the way that the the tide sort of turned a wee bit in their favour um, with Hamilton getting that late goal, I think they'll be delighted to get top six. And um, obviously, like Lewis was saying as well, with winning the cup a few weeks ago. Mm. Um, Declan yeah, It was a great result for St Johnson obviously they've had a fantastic season as well Like you could see the delight on their faces after the game uh, when they said that it was 1-1 in Lanarkshire but I think that St Johnson just to, to win the cup and then finish in the top six they just have they are, they're, they're just a team that seems to like a manager just steps in they just they just do they're just successful like I think every season they just manage to to do well and they're kind of there or thereabouts but um, look, look they deserve to win the game um, Middleton obviously scored late on but they had 22 shots on, on goal compared to Ross County's two and Ross County didn't have one on target which will probably frustrate Ross County fans for a team that's fighting down the bottom you'd expect a bit more than that um, and I think Yogi even said after the game himself that they didn't deserve anything from the game so they'll be, they'll be frustrated with themselves but I think St Johnson Done, done well when they did deserve the three points. Okay. Um, Ross County, uh, obviously I think there are two points ahead of Hamilton, one point ahead of Kilmarnock. Um, what, realistically, do you see John Hughes staying at Ross County if he doesn't manage to keep them up? Uh, Keaton? Um, I think... I think so, yeah. I think he'd like to have a full season, um, at least, with County. I think, obviously, the goal is just to keep them up and to try and steer them away from being in any sort of last sort of last gap relegation battles. But I think I think if they do stay up, then I think, yeah, I think he'd like to give it a go next season, get some of his own signings in and sort of make it, make it his team a little bit more. Yeah. Um, Lewis? 
Yeah, I think it'll probably be down to John Hughes. I don't think there'll be sort of any claims from Ross County fans or the board that he should be sacked or whatnot if they do get relegated. Because he has, I'd say he has improved them, and he's you've seen that in some of the performances. I suppose it does depend on how they finish the season against the bottom six teams if they do get relegated. But I think they'd even be happy if they did go down for John Hughes to try and pull them back up because if he was able to get some ideas across in that in that squad and get some players in, I think you'd get them playing good football and they'd probably bounce back straight away if they could. Uh, Declan. Yeah, I think I agree with Lewis on the point that it'll more to be down to like Yogi and his decision. I think that um, he's renowned for his man management. So, see for a, even if they were to go down, I think had he'd be the ideal man to kind of mentally prepare them to get back up again. And obviously, I think Ross County will want to give him a few a full season under his another transfer window and to try and help him rebuild in the summer. I think obviously they lost Ross Stewart in January, which was massive. I know his goal contributions went went high, but everyone could, especially that game at Celtic Park, that's the kind of games you make a name for yourself, and that's when probably Sunderland took notice. And I, mean, I think that um, he was a really good player and he's young and stuff, so I think he was a massive loss. So um, I think, yeah, so Yogi will, Yogi will probably still be there next season. Okay, um, let's move on then. Uh, Levy versus Hibbs. Um, what what was uh, Brian Portis doing for that that Livingston goal? I, I've genuinely we spoke about Motherwell's defending um, earlier on, but that header back to the keeper just was so ill timed and, and unfortunate for him, but so so stupid at the at the same time. Um, what, what did you make of that, Kevin? Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit an unusual one. I think there's a bit of breakdown in communication, to be honest, between. Um, Portis and, and McGinn I, I just don't know they just sort of run into each other and uh, it was it was really poor for their point of view to be honest I think I think Marciano I don't want to put too much sort of blame on him but I think that he could maybe do a wee bit better as well I think he's to be honest he's probably just not expecting the ball to be headed straight to the path of um, Craig Civil but yeah a really poor goal to give away I don't I don't really know what what was happening there uh, Lewis? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's been, I think we've seen that a few times from sort of Portis and the Hibs defence this season, you know. At times they have been absolutely solid. I think they went through a spell and they were not conceding goals at one point with sort of McGregor at the back, but it's poor defending. I don't think it's just from Portis in terms of the Hibs defence as a whole. You, you can't let the ball bounce in that area. You need to sort of go meet it and clear it, whoever it is, you know. One of the Hibs defenders got to take charge, but it's, it's a very strange one. But I'd say Livingston do well to pounce on the chance and grab the opening goal. Uh, Declan? Yeah, I think Paul's just, like, I think from seeing both goals in this game, it's it's like things you're taught at a, a young age. It's like basic defending. Obviously, as Lewis says, don't let the ball bounce in the box and he shouldn't be heading the ball back when he can't see who's coming behind him. Like, clear your lines in the dangerous position and, and save that goal happening, I think. Obviously, Portis, I think he is a good defender and I think there's a lot more to come for him. But he, it was just unfortunate that he kind of made that mistake. But on the other on the other end of the pitch, obviously, I think the same thing happened with even Doidge's goal. Like Nicky Devlin like, trying to shield the ball out the pitch instead of just clearing his lines. And Doidge, uh, no, sorry, um, Hibbs left back, forgot his name, I mean, he just went blank. 
Um, Josh Doig. I, a Doig guy. <laughs> uh, he <laughs> managed to kind of like warm his way in and get the ball into the box. And I just thought it was both goals. Kind of scrappy game. Both goals came from, from like errors that obviously can be easily prevented. Um, but I think that, yeah, it was just, it was, a, it was a weird, funny kind of game. I think, like, as we were saying last week with the Jet, as he's called, um, I think, like, his link up play with the uh, kind of midfielders and around him is always good. And I think, like, Levy troubled him with that, especially with the uh, Sibold. I think he had a chance earlier before that where he kind of cracked a shot and I think he got saved just over the bar. But yeah, I just think that um, it was one of the games where Hibs just struggled to, to break Levy down. Mm. And notoriously, well, uh, a notoriously difficult team to break down, um, Livingston, maybe not as of late, but um, certainly their, their history would say that they, they are difficult to beat, especially at home. Um, Hibs have surely secured third place now. Um, I think they're seven point. No, I don't even think they're seven. I think they're more than seven points um, ahead than Aberdeen. Uh, just double check. Yeah, they're seven points. Yeah. Uh, seven points ahead. Can't see Aberdeen sort of, we'll come on to that in a second, the way they're going, but um, can't sort of see Hibs, you know, losing third place now. Um, and obviously, I, th- I think second place is out of reach. That, I, I would suggest that third place is, is surely Hibs. I don't know if you guys agree, um, Declan. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Hibs, Hibs, are, Hibs are inconsistent, I think, but. And they've shown that this season, but I think that um, third is a stick on for them now, especially with Aberdeen, like McInnes leaving and Tony Dog leaving with them. I think that um, I, I can, I'm actually more worried for Aberdeen going into. Well, I'm not worried for them because I don't really have any affiliation with them. But I, uh, from if I was an Aberdeen fan, I would be worried to think if they'd even get fourth because I, I don't know. I think they're, they're just probably a bit disjointed now. They've been so used to McInnes and and Tony Dock being there. For like so long, and obviously they're what five points behind, mm. um Aberdeen. So, uh, sorry, Livingston are five points behind Aberdeen. So I think that um, I'd be more worried for them going down to going down to fifth. Uh, Lewis. Yeah, no, I think so. Hibs secured that third place last week. I'd say when they're with their win, which. Is, it's been again. I mentioned it. It's sort of been a bit up and down, not just in defence for Hibs. Uh, sort of all round this season, you know, they've had spells, good spells, and I think when I was watching sports scene, Michael Stewart mentioned it. It's probably got an impact to do with sort of no fans, you know. It's been a very strange season in that way that we've never experienced before. So definitely, there's obviously some places to play for, like definitely mentioned so Aberdeen. They've got, I think, I think they will be fine in the end at both. But obviously, we'll probably come on to talk about their game. Not been great at all, so there's still places to play for, but Hibs are one that I think they've secured them. Uh, Keenan, yeah, I'd agree with both the guys to be fair. I think, I think the uh, third's pretty much a certainty now, um, for Hibs. I think the real, the real battle now is for fourth, like, like they were mentioning. But I think Hibs, Hibs have been pretty inconsistent throughout the season, but I think maybe a couple of a couple of signings as well in the summer. I think they can really push on next year. Obviously, depending on, um, depending on Aberdeen's situation, I think maybe some of the Hibs fans will be looking for them to make a bit more of a challenge in, in the cup competitions because they were pretty disappointing in them this season. 
Um, but in terms of the league campaign, I think I think they'll be pretty satisfied with how it's went. To be honest. Okay. Um, let's move on then to Dundee United versus Aberdeen, the new forum, uh, I believe it gets called. I don't understand why people like class that as a derby when there's like I think it's like sixty-five miles between. The I think two. it's more the fact that like uh, they were the two teams that were good back back in the day, like. Up, up and coming, challenging self. Well, trying to challenge Celtic Rangers under like Sir Alex, Sir Alex mm. and Jim McLean. So they sort of just became the new firm at that point. Okay, well, I mean, I appreciate you for bringing that to my attention because I didn't know. I was like, I don't <laughs> understand why that's a, a thing, but no, I can always count on you for the, the fact. <laughs> um, what a quality goal, uh, a well worked goal from United. I think was it Foots that chased down, mm-hmm. I can't remember the Aberdeen player but he kept it in play. And then the passing was like Guardiola's Barcelona of 2009. <laughs> it was phenomenal. Um, and a great finish um, from United. Uh, what did you guys think of the game um, as a whole? Uh, Declan? Yeah, it was kind of a weird kind of game, I think. As you say, what, it was a nicely worked goal, and I think it was a goal deserving to win the game. Um, both teams didn't really test each keeper a lot. And... Um, I think Aberdeen had chances. I think, obviously, as I've seen on sports, I think they've had 157 crosses in the last 10 games in it. So they're always getting balls into the box. And we've signed three strikers who are obviously underachieving because they're not getting on the end of them. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a good thing they're obviously getting the crosses in the box, but they want to get on the end of them. And they're obviously getting nothing from it. And that's been found out from the United's game, I think, obviously. Mickey Mellon's come in and he's, I think he's done a good job for his first season to get a promoted team kind of stable again in the, the, the Premiership. He's done, a, he's done a good job. We've obviously got good players in there as well. And yeah, I just think that um, they're probably deserved winners in the end. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, definitely. I think you mentioned sort of Fuchs. He does brilliantly. I think you mentioned on Sports Scene again that Mickey Mellon roared sort of, as he chased that ball down because that's what you want to see for players. Sort of chasing dead balls dead balls in and say it comes to that, you know, just out of nothing, it, it leads to a goal. So it was definitely uh, Aberdeen have been very poor. Uh, one goal in ten games or something. So in a way I don't think it came as much surprise that I seen Dundee United had one one 0 because of how poor Aberdeen have actually been recently. But yeah, a good one for Dundee United. Uh Keith? Yeah, I would agree. The the goal was really good for Fix Fix done really well. Uh, I think Dundee United ultimately deserved the win. I think Aberdeen just look they just look really stale now. Um everything just looks really flat. Like Declan was saying, they're just sort of lumping crosses into the box and nobody's getting on the end of them. There doesn't seem to be a, a plan B. Um but it was it was it was weird to see um Aberdeen without Derek McInnes on the touchline as well. I think I wasn't really sure what to expect to be honest, because it's really late in the season, so you can't really expect too much of a sort of bounce um, from them. So I think, I think to be honest, as a club, they just need a bit of a, a bit of a freshen up. Okay, um, Aberdeen, obviously, as you've mentioned, need a need a freshen up. Um, who who do you see being their next manager then, Kieran? Um, a lot of names have been touted: Stephen Glass, Alex Neil, um, even Neil Lennon's name was thrown in there, um, but. From a total sort of like fantasy sort of thing, who 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 would you like to see uh, as the next Aberdeen manager? I there's there's been a lot of strange names um, like to a job so far, but 
I think one that I would genuinely like to see would be, I don't really know how, how likely it is, but I'd like to see John Kennedy in that sort of role. Um, I know he was, he was offered the, the Hibs job in the past and he turned it down, but I think if Celtic go down another another route where they bring in somebody new, I think John Kennedy at this stage in his career maybe needs that jump if he, if he isn't staying on. Um, and the coaching staff, I think, obviously his philosophies and the way he talks about the game, I think the Aberdeen fans would really take to that. And I think given, given the size of the club and the facilities that they've got and the budget that they've got, I think John Kennedy could actually make things work there. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not really sure how likely that is and they'll probably go for somebody like an Alex Neal or a Stephen Glass. But personally for me, I would I would sort of like to see how Kennedy gets on in that in that role given that he doesn't um, stay at Celtic. Uh, Lewis, what about yourself? Yeah, very similar to Kieran. In terms of a personal point of view, I'd like to see John Kennedy as a Celtic fan. I'd like to see how he gets on, possibly come back one day. Another one I'd like to see is somebody like Sean Maloney. I think he's sort of expressed an interest in the job, according to the reports coming out. I think, again, sort of see what he's learned from his time in Belgium as a coach. Could he, be, could he step up and be that manager? It'd be very interesting. What is probably more likely, though, is somebody like Stephen Glass, who's been associated with Aberdeen, and obviously been linked uh, last few weeks as well. But what I did see yesterday when we seen Alex Neal had been sacked, he was sort of the name that I thought, yeah, I, th- I expect him to be the, the next Aberdeen manager because I think it sort of came around at the perfect time with him being let go and the Aberdeen job being available. I can just, I can see that happening. Declan? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're asking me from a personal point of view, I'd like to see him to see Aberdeen, I'd probably tell them to go get Lennon, so they- he stayed as far away from us in the league as possible, but um, if I was an Aberdeen fan, I'd probably want. I, I don't know. I think they're, they're similar to Celtic in terms of how they need a, a kind of young progressive coach with, with fresh ideas to kind of rejuvenate them. I, I, I don't know how likely it would be, but Jim Goodwin, I think, would be a good option for them. Uh, I think, obviously, as I said, I, we all spoke about he's done a fantastic job at St. Mirren this season, so unlucky in the cup and just missing out on top six. But I think. Um, if Aberdeen would be stupid not to kind of ask the question to him. Uh, but the likelihood of that happening, obviously with Goodwin's affiliation at St Mirren, maybe he wants another crack with him, I don't know. But um, yeah, I think that it's interesting you say about Alex Neal. I don't know how likely he would be to take the job. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I've not seen if he spoke about his interest in it or, or whatnot, but I'd, I'd think he would want another crack in England now. Um, I know obviously he was that interesting for quite a while and I think he he done I think obviously it's hard to, to say he done a fantastic job but I think he done done okay and I think other teams in England would be would be after him as well so so yeah. Okay. Um let's sort of move on then and go to the, the last game uh that we need to, to go through which was the old firm Celtic versus Rangers. Um what did you think of that game as a whole Lewis? I thought it was actually sort of <coughs> A decent performance from from Celtic. Probably one that sums up their season, you know, create a good few chances and it's the decision-making that lets them down. And then you go concede from a set-piece, you know, it's something that's just sort of happened all season. But overall, I wouldn't say it was a a poor performance. Maybe went a bit flat in the second half, but I think that comes with, some people call it a dead rubber, which I suppose it was, and that just sort of comes with that in the end. Hmm. Uh, 
I don't think anybody like can say that Celtic versus Rangers game is a, a dead rubber. Um, what I will say is the build-up to it didn't have me in the same feeling that uh, you normally get, mm-hmm. um, but I would never never call it a dead rubber. Um, what about yourself, Declan? What did you think? Uh, yeah, I think to echo what Lewis was saying, we, we played Celtic played overall decent. Um, it's, it's just that's it's the same old story again. Like you have to create so many chances, and there were there were very good chances as well. Like, and you don't take them, and you get punished. Uh, obviously, took the lead. Good, good bit of play. I think Ed, Edward and El Unisi. kind of showed a glimpse of what he is worth. Like, um, I was doubting him at parts of the season, but he showed yesterday he has got a bit of quality. And I think under a good manager, he would become a good player. Um, we had good. I think we kept the ball well in spells. We had some good patterns to play, and we weren't really troubled. And then, all of a sudden, John Joe Kenny gifts him a corner, and they score. And it was no really surprise to me because Celtic have been conceding from set pieces all season. Um, it's I think it's just more frustrating than anything that that we've created so many good chances. Like I think one of the most notable ones that I can remember was. Cal McGregor was driving into the box. He had a chance to pull it back to Edward and he, he took the shot on. And just some of the decision making again was maybe should be questioned. But um, I, would, I would never say the game was a dead rubber, obviously. The, the tensions, and it's probably one of the biggest derbies in the world. That's not the biggest, but um, it's just disappointing. And I suppose you've got to credit Rangers. Like, you, I feel as if like, that was a team that were there for the taking, just coming off a midweek game. Um, they had a few absences, notable absences, like obviously Tavernier, and I know they kind of rotate the midfield, but I think Jack's still a good player. Uh, and obviously, I think with the whole racism thing, I think emotions were high. The players were obviously angry and a bit upset over that, so they were there. They were there for the taking, and we we failed to capitalise on that, which is which is the most frustrating thing. And I know ultimately it doesn't really matter, but it would have mattered in stopping making an invincible league run that they're going on. So yeah. Uh, Kevin? Yeah, I think I think it was a, a massive missed opportunity for Celtic, to be honest. I think they were I think the first 10, 15 minutes of the game for both sides was was pretty strange. I mean, I don't really think both sides really settled into the game until then. But I think once both teams started to settle, I think Celtic really got a foothold of the game and they looked by far the better team. I think they created a lot of good chances and obviously getting the goal. I thought it was a brilliant pass from McGregor to Edward and Edward just crossing it first time with his left foot. It's not really something you see very often, but um, full credit to him and to you know, say as well, who got a really good header on it. Um, I think for somebody like El Unice, who's been sort of in and out of the team and played in all sorts of different positions for him to have 14 goals this season is pretty impressive. But I think Celtic will be pretty disappointed. They could have had two or three, I would say, in the first half. Um Obviously, the one that Declan mentioned where McGregor could have pulled it back and there was another one where Edward was uh, one-on-one with McGregor in the box. I think he was, he was shoulder to shoulder with one of the defenders. I can't really remember who it was, but I think maybe a, a, a properly on-form Edward would have scored that. Mm. So I think for that point of view, I think Celtic will, will be frustrated because I think they could have probably buried the game in the first half, but um, ultimately when you're Defending as poor from a set piece like the way it was, and 
I don't know what John Joe Kenny is thinking, giving away that, that corner. But as well, when, when the ball actually comes in, I don't know, again, what Kenny was doing. He just sort of let Morelos get to the back post. But I think that's what having a good striker's instinct will do. And, uh, you know, credit to Morelos for, for getting there and scoring the goal. But, yeah, I think Celtic sort of let Rangers get back into the game. And as we've seen all season with them, the fitness levels sort of dropped in the second half and they weren't really creating as much good opportunities. So, yeah, I'd say it was a, a draw was probably fair because if you're not going to take your chances, then ultimately don't really deserve to get a win. Mm. I think for me it was, a you know, you mentioned it was a sort of strange 10 to 15 minutes. It's normally, you know, these games are frantic. You normally need to try and get it down to 100 mile an hour, not get the game to go up to 100 mile an hour. Um, so it was strange from that point of view. I thought Celtic played a lot better um, than in recent derbies. Maybe January, you could say, yeah, again, they were the better team. But I thought Celtic were in control of the game. But isn't it just typical of Celtic to take the lead and then concede through stupid mistakes? It's it's just something that Celtic never seem to be able to eradicate. They always have that that moment of madness, like, well, what is John Joe Kenny doing? And I was saying this to, to, to my mates, I was like, when John Joe Kenny came in, I wasn't fussed because I was like, don't know who he is. And people were hyping him up and saying that he played really well. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't say he played well, but I, I think, I don't think he played bad. I think it was average. But then yesterday I was like, you know, what is this guy doing? If that was Greg Taylor, people would be jumping on his back and, you know, sort of digging him into the ground, trying to bury him for it. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's just strange from that point of view that, that, that he did it, but he's not sort of received the same criticism that other, maybe other players would have got, but no, no saying I want people to criticise him. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I think, had that not have happened, I think Celtic could have been on and won the game a bit more comfortably. Um, you know, they had chances to do it. El was denied by a great save by Alan McGregor. Um, you know, Edward and Callum McGregor both had opportunities. So it was a, a good performance that way from Celtic. Um, do, do you think they should have had at least one penalty? I know there was two penalty claims, but do you think they should have had either both or, or one, um, Lewis? Personally, I don't. I was more disappointed that Edward hadn't hit the shot. I think maybe, he, I mean, at first I thought he looked like he could have had a shot. Maybe he couldn't. Maybe sort of a Rebo would have been the way of blocking that. I just, I was a bit disappointed he'd gone down. I see what he's trying to do, you know, in this day and age, people are always going to try and buy penalties. I think that's the game now, you know, try and sort of leave your leg in and, and catch it. But I think he has sort of stepped over and he's went, he's went down easy. At first, I mean, at first say I, I thought it was a penalty, but then you watched she sort of replays it, and then I did, I did think it was, it was too soft, and it wasn't a penalty just for me. What about the second one? Is the second one with Edward as well? Um, aye, is that a handball incident? You mean the, no. the one where Holanda the ball hit his hand? No, no, it's the one where he he's in the box, and I, I think it's Holanda he goes with, but. It's in the it's in the second half. Um, I think I know the way you're talking about. And he went. You never get booked for it, so that's why um, it might not spring to your mind. But do you think? Uh, I mean, if you can remember, do you think that was a penalty? 
I don't think it was a problem, but see at the same time I seen so I did see claims of him sort of saying he should be booked. I don't think it was a dive either. You know, it's one of those things that some players do without it. It's it's not a dive and it's it's probably not a penalty, you know, it's one of those things. Okay. Um Keen, what about yourself? I I would I would agree with Lewis on, on that last part. I think for the the one in the first half I'm I'm really not sure. I've kind of been in, in both camps with this because it's really soft. I think there's maybe slightly contact, and I've seen the arguments that, well, Edward should just have hit it first time. I think if Edward hits that first time, it's going to hit off Barisic. So I think he maybe does have to cut it back. And I think he's, I don't really know. His touch is a wee bit heavy, which sort of takes the momentum away from him, which means he's kind of going down anyway. But I mean, if Barisic is, if he's got contact on him and he's slid into him, as slight as it may, might be, then I suppose you could argue that it that it could have been a penalty. But to be honest with you, I'm I'm not sure. But if I was to lean one way, I would say I would say it's not. I would say it's not a penalty. But in the modern game, maybe had VAR been involved, um, all that sort of thing, and maybe you would have seen it given. But yeah, it was a it was a difficult one. Uh, I think sure? it was. I think it was right. Let's do Barisic. I don't know what he was doing. So. Diving in like that. I was thinking yep. maybe Edward could sort of take the touch then hit it, but as you say, the, the touch was probably a bit heavy and he's maybe just realised that uh, he needs to go down. I did see Martin O'Neill make a good point as well, the fact that he has maybe impeded him, you know, that's made him sort of step over, but I just I see the points I've made and concern sort of both sides and see what they mean, but it's not not for me. Yeah, I, I think I think he's he's definitely forced into sort of mm-hmm. He's forced into sort of going down in a way, and not in the sense that he's forced to dive. Just the way that the the ball sort of takes him, I think just the, the speed of it and the way he has to sort of turn. I think he was always sort of going down. Um, I don't know. I certainly wouldn't want to be the one making the decision. To be honest, I thought I thought Willie Collin had actually gave the penalty. Um, yeah, the exactly and sort well, of yeah. pointed to the spot. Yeah. Um, Declan, what about yourself? Yeah, at the time I thought it was a stonewall, but on reflection, no, it's not a penalty. I don't think. Uh, I think Barisic will be thanking Edward. He would have been thanking him in the changing room because he was stupid to go down, and the only reason that penalty wasn't given is because Edward lifted his foot. If he kept, if he just kept his foot where it was, um, it would have been a penalty. But um, no, it's not a penalty for me, and I think, like surprisingly, Larry Collum didn't get it right because. I think obviously his referee ability could be brought into equation sometimes, but he got that one right. And I think obviously you were mentioning the one in the second half. I remember it now, and I think he got that one right as well. So yeah, I don't think we can be. I know Kennedy was frustrated after it, and as a manager, you're going to call for it, but nah, it would have been very harsh. Hmm. Okay, dog. Um. No, that's fine. Um. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else from the game that sort of stuck out that we need to talk about. Um. I think so. Like just to, to pick up on another thing that was kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. Substitutions again from John Kennedy. Like, I, I, obviously, I've got to give him credit because I think on social media and stuff, he was getting a hard time because it was obviously the same old story where we're creating chances or we're just keeping the ball, but we're not really doing a lot with it. But I've, I've got to say, I think that, like, in terms of like, when we had the ball, I did think there was some good patterns of play. Obviously, we did create a lot of chances. Um. Like, whereas before under Lennon, sometimes we were just keeping the ball and we weren't really creating anything uh, dangerous. But so I've got to give him credit on like 
kind of patterns in play. I think you can kind of tell that's been getting worked on in training, but like, I don't think anything's changed in terms of the substitutions. You know, waiting, you're waiting to 86 minutes, was it, to bring a striker on, albeit Lee Griffiths. There's a debate to be had whether he even deserves to be on the part, but in terms of bringing a striker on 86 minutes, and I think also, I don't know if this will be a controversial point, but Tom Rogic, I think that ship sailed a long time ago. And I, I, like this whole talk about about magic and stuff, I think he, he, he does show glimpses at times. And obviously, he had a good game at Aberdeen at the start of the season. And I think everyone was calling for him to be on the side. But I think um, bringing him on was the wrong, the wrong like decision to make. I just think that ship has sailed, as I said. Mm. You know, he's he's obviously got a bit of quality sometimes, but I just don't think he, he's 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 got it anymore, really. Just no, I, I agree um, with that. And, Sorry, Stefan. Oh, I'll let you go, mate. On you go. No, I was just going to say, just on the substitutions, um, I was wondering about this. I'm not really sure what what happened, but I was wondering why Ayeti wasn't involved. Um, I, as far as I can see, I can't see anything about an injury, but I'm not sure if any of you know why he's not on the bench, because obviously his only options are Griffiths, who's um, come back not unfit, and he's pretty much really unreliable now, and Obviously, Patrick Kamara, who's not really made too much for Mark, but not really sure where where yet he's been. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure because I, I don't know if he has an injury, but um, you know when you pay five million, he, train, he, he trained on Friday, sorry, so I think he was fit. So I think it's it's something else. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with injury. I just left out. That's a weird one. Weird one. It's the fact that they paid five million for him but haven't really utilised him. Um, people say that he's not that great. Well, I. I don't know how people can come to that conclusion when I've personally not seen enough to, to make a, a fair judgment on the guy. Um, but yeah, it's a player you would expect to have in your, at least in your squad um, against your biggest rivals. Um, so yeah, it's a weird one. Um, is it, I, I don't know, do you guys have any other big talking points from the game that you feel need to be mentioned? Uh, maybe bar Alfredo Morelos getting his first goal against Celtic <laughs> 15 yeah, I, I think it was. I was actually more concerned about. Like, I know we created a lot of chances, but I thought it was written in the stars for them to go in it in, in like the 90th minute or something. I was on, I was biting my fingernails for the the full the full game, just waiting for that moment to happen. But thankfully, never. But I just think it uh, kind of like as they kind of pointed out in sports scene, the mentalities kind of the the mentality of grinding out the games has just kind of switched even when it's like not going in your favour the way we used to do it and still get a win like even like I remember back to the one where Dembele scored at Hamden I don't think I think they played well but you know it was one of the games where they they were doing well as well and we went like at our best and we still managed to grind out a win and I think that, that that's what they're able to do now and they're, they're showing it in Europe as well and as I said earlier like I think they were there for the taking um just we have the multiple factors that were going on and the fact that uh, we never capitalised kind of was, was obviously annoying but obviously Kennedy's got another crack at them Ibrooks uh, and maybe in the Scottish Cup so hopefully we can eventually get three points or a win I think that is I think that is a good point you mentioned so the fact that I don't, looking back at the three derbies I don't think Rangers have been that great you know They've, sort of, they've won the Gator, they've got the draw yesterday and they've won the other two, but I don't think they'd be great overall. So sort of the, the tables have turned and they're able to grind out these wins and get a draw and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely sort of switch mentality. I think as well, uh, Lewis, uh, the start that you tweeted yesterday that 
all of the mm-hmm. goals that Celtic have conceded to Rangers this season have been from uh, set pieces, which is astonishing, to be honest. Like Rangers, like you say, they've not really got out of first gear in any of the derbies, I wouldn't say. Um, so for that point of view, I'd say that's pretty worrying. I think that the game yesterday was probably Celtic's best chance to stop Rangers from going unbeaten. Obviously, there's another game at um, Ibrox, but I think that like like Declan mentioned, I think that was a Rangers side ready for the taking there. So I think they'll be really disappointed that they didn't win. Yeah, well, I know you mentioned that the kind of like all our goals have been from set pieces against them, but has that not been like the story of our season as well? Is there not like nearly half of our goals the full season conceded been from yeah. set pieces? So I think you know, obviously think- it's, it's that's that's another thing that's, that that will anger the fans the fact that. That you've had a season now to eradicate that. It's been evident from the start, and it's still not been eradicated, and you're still making stupid mistakes. It's the most frustrating part. The thing is, I think it gets to the point. I was just sort of looking at that goal yesterday. What I don't get is the coaching staff, what can they do to actually? It's basic marking for John Joe Kenny. You know, he just switches off and loses his man. So, how, how, do, you, how do you fix that? You need to sort of sort that because it's just simple stuff that they're doing for set pieces like completely just forgetting your man and I think Rangers had quite a lot of physicality from Corden and stuff yesterday as well because you've seen Scott Brown is marking you know Leon Balligan and it's just set pieces have been an absolute disaster this season for Celtic I think uh, did we have anyone on the post though? Like, yeah that is something maybe you could have seen a few people mention that yeah yeah, I think I think there's an argument to be made that somebody should be at the back post, but John Joe Kenny was doing. He just he completely switches off. He did that a few times uh, yesterday. I'm not really sure if he's if his head was properly in it. Um, I think it's just such a such a poor goal we concede. But like I said earlier, I think to be fair to Morelos, you've, you've got to be there to score the sort of tap-ins. And um, obviously, it was a massive goal for him getting his first goal against Celtic. I think for me, like when you're you've had a season where you've conceded goals from set pieces, and you're in a game with you know the magnitude of stopping Rangers going invincible, but you're not putting a man on the back post, and that's where they score. It's sort of it's like a it's just poor poor marking, it's poor defending, but it's it's just typical and sums up Celtic season um in a whole um. Right, well, I think I think we've covered everything that we have to on this week's episode of the podcast. Um, massive thanks to you coming on, Kieran. Um, I know this is your your debut episode, so um, what what a what a day to come on! So I really appreciate it. Um, as always, Lewis, Declan, um, cheers for coming on. Really appreciate it, and we will see you again next Monday uh, on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast.